You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Hey, come with me in your Bibles to, gosh, it's all good. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 11. We're going to read verse 2. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. The title of my message this morning is Heaven's Reflectors. Heaven's Reflectors. If you said, hey, what's my, what's my assignment now that I'm saved? What, like, what, what am I meant to be doing? I would say that you're meant to be reflecting heaven. That you and I in the earth are meant to be a reflection of heaven's heart, heaven's power, heaven's grace. Wherever we go, we're meant to bring heaven with us. You tell them I'm coming and heaven's coming with me. Amen. Tombstone, I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like someone just walked over your grave. I ain't got no fight with you longer. I'll back to deficit. And this time it's legal. Say when, say when. Poor old Daisy, strain was more than he could bear. I only say that because Leanne had a crush on Val Kilmer, so... I'm trying to make sure that eyes, eyes, keep trying. That's the key. We've been married 29 years and my, my number one goal is keep redirecting her eyes back towards me. <laughs> Isn't that true, Joel? Joel has the same thing he told me with Dana. Dana, Dana, Dana. All right, you're all there? Luke chapter 11? Could be a naughty day in the house. I've never been to a church where someone gives you a word from the Lord to just stay at the party and things are going to get better. Stay at the party. Things are going to get better. Jesus saves the best wine for last. I love that. Just love John and Becky. All right, uh, you're there, Luke 11 verse 2. Jesus says, when you pray, say, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know if the kingdom has come? It's very simple. His will is done. A kingdom is different to a democracy. In a democracy, the majority rules, the majority votes. Legislation is decided by the majority. We, we get to vote. But in a kingdom, there's only one vote. There's only one vote. God, 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 God didn't give us the 10 suggestions. They weren't the 10 options. There were the Ten Commandments. What I found, what I found in my life is the day I gave my life to Christ in 1986, God's blessing began to come. I, I, I came to a place where I said, God, not my will, they will be done. But if I was honest with you, it wasn't a one-off event. I found that over, over the last 35 years, it's a journey of continually hitting ceilings of places in my life that were dysfunctional, that were unfruitful, that were struggles, that had chaos, that had dysfunction in there. And as I, as I would look, I would realize, oh my gosh, it's because it's my will, not thy will being done. How many people know that in this life, we're either in one of two seasons, we're either in a test or in a trust. Amen. That God, before he trusts us, tests us. He tests us, well done, good and faithful servant, now I can trust you, take care of 10 cities. God tests trust. But, but God never asked you and I to do something that he doesn't first model himself. 
So we just had beautiful Michelle Cole do the offering and speak around Malachi, where God says, test me. Why, why, why would God invite you to test him? Because God always lives the principles he bestows on us. And he says, because I know if you'll test me, you'll come into a place where you'll trust me with your finances. If you'll test me, you'll trust me. So I've got three points that I didn't get through in the 8.30, so we'll see if I can get through it here. But the first, first point is free will's price. Free will's price. So, so God gave us free will. I'm not sure if you realize that God gave us free will. I know there's, there's debate and theological debate over whether God, but God, I just want you to know God, how do I know that God gave man free will? Because we're in this jacked up mess on the planet. I believe in the sovereignty of God, so do I. But I also believe that God created you in His image and His likeness to also be sovereign. God will never violate your free will. God will never violate your free will. So in Genesis 1, we see um, God creates the heavens and the earth and it says formless void darkness. And then we see the Spirit of God and He's hovering over the face of the waters. He's not hovering over the face of the land. He's hovering, hovering over the face of the waters. Why is he hovering over the face of the waters? Because the lights are out. It's the next verse that says God turns the lights on. This is still in the dark. And when God, the Holy Spirit, when he hovers over the land, he sees no reflection. But when he hovers over the water, he sees his reflection because God is light. And light is reflected in the water. He can see his, because the earth was always meant to reflect him. It was always meant to be a reflection of heaven. God's will is that heaven would be reflected in the earth. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Earth is meant to be a reflection of heaven. So what does God do? Genesis 1, just a few verses later, God puts his hands into that dust, into that dirt that wasn't reflecting his image. And the Bible says, God said, let us make man out of this dust, out of this dirt in, to bear our image and to bear our likeness. So whether I'm over the water or over the land, when I look down, the earth reflects my glory. The earth reflects my glory. God gave man a free will. He gave man a free will. But free will has a price. I know that it's called free will, but it's not free. Just like freedom isn't free. You and I enjoy freedom because of the people who went before who laid down their life. That, 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 that's, that's, why, that's why for us, I, I don't believe at Awakened Church. I think you guys are way too political. Why are you? Because... When I look over my shoulder and I see grieving widows, I see mums and dads that got that knock on the door that they didn't want to open and dread fill their bodies. And as they open the door, they are presented with a folded flag. These people paid the ultimate price so that we can enjoy the freedom of our beaches, the freedom of our malls, the freedom of a marketplace economy, the freedom of going out to dine, the freedom of getting married, the freedom of snowboarding, skiing, hiking, mountain biking. We have these freedoms because somebody else paid a price. Freedom has never been free. For Jesus to set you and I free from sin and death, he had to die on a cross because freedom is not free. Somebody say amen. So we see, we see that God gives Adam free will. 
And the Bible says, and it's, there's no coincidence in the Scripture, it says, God said to Adam and Eve, of all the trees in the garden you may freely eat. Of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, except for that one. In other words, knock yourself out, they're all free, but this one is not free. This, this one has a price tag that is too great for you to bear. I don't want you to, I don't want you to eat from this tree because it'll kill you, is a death tree. But the devil comes and he says, has, has, has God really said? <laughs> How long have you known him? 24 hours, is that right? <laughs> I've known him for millennia. Let me tell you, he's holding out on you. You need to, you need to reach out and take, because God knows the day that you take from that, you will be just like him, knowing good and evil, self-promotion. So Adam reached out in rebellion to indulge his appetites and promote himself, and death came. So God has to send a second Adam. Does anybody know his name? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus comes. Jesus is also in a garden, but his garden is a little bit different to Adam's garden. Adam's garden was Eden, paradise. Jesus is in a garden called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press. It's a place where they crush the olives to produce the anointing. Jesus is under such duress, such pressure, that the little blood vessels and capillaries in, under the skin have burst and he's perspiring and in his sweat is blood. He's literally sweating drops of blood and he's praying. And he, three times he says, Father, if it is possible for this cup to pass by me without me drinking it, please, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, how many people know that Jesus was sinless? Amen. He had no sin. He had no sin. And yet Jesus realized that right now the will of God required him jettisoning his own will. Because he said, not my will, thy will be done. Now, his will wasn't sinful. It was self-preservation. Nobody looking at the cross, nobody looking at the beating, nobody looking at the spitting and the, the tearing out of his beard and the whipping from the Roman soldiers. No, 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 nobody in their flesh would want to. But the, the first Adam indulged for self-promotion. The second Adam would have to sacrifice in self-submission. The, the first Adam took, the second Adam has to give. The first Adam, my will be done, not thine, and chaos came to. The second Adam realized, not my will, thy will be done, that life may come to everybody. Free will, free will has a price tag. But God wanted it to be like that because he wanted you to be able to choose him. He wanted you to have the freedom of choice. And I want you to understand that God will never violate your free will. God will never violate your free will. Jonah, God says, arise, go to Nineveh. And he's like, uh-uh, I ain't going to Nineveh. I'm going to Joppa. Because <laughs> it was a party city. But how many people know like a storm at sea and three days in the belly of a whale? Jonah came to, hmm, maybe I should change my mind. Maybe God's will is delectable after all. So God re redirects him. God has wonderful 
powers of persuasion, but he will never force you. He will never make you a robot and make you do something that you don't want to do. I really don't want to be doing this, but... God, 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 will never, God will never make you do something you don't want to do. He gave you free will. He gave you free will. Because of, because of free will, you, you, you and I need to understand that in this world right now, and we're going to read a scripture in a second, that if you do the will of God, you will be persecuted. You will be vilified. You will be slandered. You will be attacked. But let me just tell you this, the cross that Jesus bore down here is directly congruent to the crown he wears up there. And you and I may suffer here, but I'm telling you, the glory there. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father and the holy angels. But if you will stand for me here before men then I will acknowledge your name before the holy angels and my Father in heaven. The cross we bear down here is directly correlated to the crown we wear up there. Can somebody say amen? So, all right, now let me get into it. That was all introduction. <laughs> warfare is required. Point number two, warfare is required. Come with me to, to the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, it says this, it says, And war broke out in Kabul, excuse me, and war broke out in the Middle East. No, and war broke out in, and war broke out in heaven. War broke out in heaven. A lot of people believe that, that you know, uh, God's will always happens. You know, it's whatever, whatever he wills. Que Sarah, Sarah. Look, no point praying. 5.30 prayer meeting, why can't they make it later? What's the point in going to a 5.30 prayer meeting when whatever God wants to happen will happen anyway? My Bible tells me if, my people. Yeah. Right. I don't like that. That puts responsibility on me. Exactly. <laughs> War broke out. In heaven. Why did war break out in heaven? Isaiah 14 tells us five times Lucifer says, I will exalt myself above the throne of God. I will sit on the throne. I will be among the stars. I will be like the most high. I will sit as God. The five I wills of Satan. Why did he lose his position? Because heaven is heaven because God's will is done. But Lucifer's like, not thy will, my will be done. Then God says, well, then you can't live here. And he's like, well, if you want me to leave, you have to kick me out. He infects one third of the angels. But I want you to notice this. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon with his angels fought back. I want you to notice here that God doesn't grab Lucifer and kick him out. Michael has to do the fighting. So even in heaven, now remember the Lord's Prayer, because we just thought the Lord's Prayer was a nice thing that, you know, we learned from, you know, the Roman Catholics. But the Lord's Prayer is more than just a distraction. It's, it's, it's missional. It's focused. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means that we should look at heaven and realize what is possible in the earth. Jesus was anointed when he went doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because there's no sickness in heaven, so he cast it out here in the earth. And so here, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon fought back warfare. But the Bible says there was no longer a place found for them any longer. And so he was cast out. That devil who is the great dragon was cast out. Verse nine, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice. I don't like awaken, they're too loud. We're just trying to be like heaven. (laughs) Just trying to do our best to be like heaven. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accuse them before our God day and night has been cast down when he was cast down the kingdom came while he was there with his divisiveness with his rebellion with his insurrection the the kingdom was faltering but now that he was dismissed from heaven the kingdom came salvation came the power of his Christ came what is our job on the earth our job is salvation our job is to bring the kingdom of God our job is to bring the strength of our God into the earth but guess how it's done it's done with us recognizing that we got to rise up in delegated authority like Michael and we got to push back on wickedness. We got to push back on evil. We got to push back on the devil. We got to cast him down. In your life and in my life, every area, every area in my life that was tormented, that was dysfunctional, that was unfruitful, that was unproductive in my life, I found where it was areas that I had not yet surrendered to God because they were not yet surrendered to God. Demonic spirits occupied those territories, occupied my mind, occupied my peace, occupied my finances, occupied my relationship, occupied areas of my heart, areas of my my priorities, areas of my vision, areas. And what I found is for 35 years, the Holy Ghost, the helper, walked with me. And the Bible says, Proverbs 27, 7, the spirit of a man is a lamp of the Lord, searching the inner, no, 2027 it is. Proverbs 2027, the spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner rooms of his heart. And he would say, do you really want to live with it? Do you really want to coexist with this thing in your life? Rise up, boy. And so let me just tell you this. You have as much peace as you take authority over. You have been given authority. And the first place that you have authority is over you. I made a decision. I want my life to reflect heaven. I want heaven in my thoughts. I want heaven in my heart. I want heaven in my marriage. I want heaven in my finances. I want heaven in my family. I want heaven in every area of my life. Therefore, I must realize if war broke out in heaven, which is the most perfect place, I know that they said Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Heaven is the happiest place in the, in the universe. And if war broke out there and Satan had to be cast out, guess what? That's gonna have to happen here. All right, well, let's keep reading just in case. I'm not sure I agree with his theology. Well, let's, let's keep reading. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, death on the cross, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to the death. Verse 12, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell therein. Come on, how many of you know heaven's a happy place? There's lots of rejoicing. They're all, burr, burr, party, woohoo. Yeah, that's heaven, right? It says, rejoice you heavens and you who dwell therein, but woe to the inhabitants. Hang on. 
Where do the inhabitants of the earth and the sea? Where do we live? Oh, sugar. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. That's us. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. So if our, if our assignment is they will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then guess what? We recognize that Satan was cast out of heaven into the earth. And it wasn't God. God is not like our government. He doesn't kick cans down the street and let another generation deal with it. It's not like God's like, let them fix it. I can't do anything. Hopefully those earthlings can fix it. God led by example. He said, hey, 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 hey. I just whooped him. The devil's butt is bleeding from the whooping he got. Carry it on. Pay it forward. Kick him out of every city, of every school board, of every governing district, every mayor, every family. Whether he's hiding behind generational, you break that generational curse. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's oppression, you kick him to the curb. You have as much peace as you take authority over. You were given authority. Jesus said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, he's saying, hey, I'm building my church, but there's going to be some resistance. I'm, I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And then he says, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, bound it. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, keys are for using. You have as much peace as the keys, the authority you're operating in. Jesus in, in Luke eleven twenty, just you know, after the Lord's Prayer, he, he casts out a demon. And they say, he's casting out demons by Beelzebub. And Jesus is like, oh, goodness. He says, any kingdom divided cannot stand. He says, but in verse 20, Luke eleven twenty, 20, he says, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, therefore the kingdom of God has come upon you. Have a look at it. Luke eleven twenty. if we can throw it up. It says, it, it, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, you know, you'll know that the kingdom of God is present because it reflects heaven. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but there was no longer a place and they were thrown, they were cast out. They were driven out. They were, they were, they were thrown down. And then rejoicing came. Jesus says, when I cast out demons, the kingdom has come. Just like the kingdom in heaven, the kingdom here on earth has come because I kick out evil. Your job, listen, you've been given authority. You don't have to coexist with demons. You don't have to coexist with witches, with occult, with divination. You, don't have to, you do not have to coexist with torment. You don't have to coexist with anxiety, with depression, with fear, with, with mental illness. You don't have to coexist with all of that. You've been given authority to drive it out, to cast it out. And you know what happens when you cast it out? The kingdom comes. Jesus 
Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but righteousness, peace, power in the Holy Spirit. You'll always have power, you'll have peace, and you'll have righteousness. Righteousness just means everything is right. Every Man, to put your head on the pillow knowing that everything is right, to go on vacation knowing everything is right, to get up in the morning and everything is right. Zippity-doo-da, zippity-yay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head of my way. Zippity-doo-da, zippity, Mr. Blooper. And it's an awesome feeling. That's what God has for you. He wants you to operate in righteousness, in peace, in blessing, and to flourish. But you've got to understand there is a pesky little devil that stands in the way, and you have been given authority over him. But what if I feel overwhelmed? What if it's been in our generations for like four generations? Guess what? The Bible says that there is one name and it's the only name given under heaven by which men can be saved. And the Bible says this name has such authority that at the name of Jesus, every knee must, must bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth in the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus says, in my name, you'll cast out demons or literally drive out demons. I found that they've got to be driven out. I find that they don't leave peaceably. I found, I found that's right. I found that you've got to take authority. You're going to say, devil, right now you are bound. You will get off my children. You will get off my, you will get off my finances. You will get off my body. You will get off my, the Bible says, Jesus defeated the devil three times by saying, hey, devil, it is written. Devil, it is written. Devil, it is written. He tried to crucify the word of God because he knew if he can take down the word of God, he can reign. And he crucified the word of God. And he was partying thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did it. But on the third day, the word of God because it was sustained by the word. See, the Bible says that Jesus went into the grave, standing on what David wrote in the Psalms, that you will not abandon your holy one to decay. You won't abandon him to the grave. You will not let him see decay. So Jesus in faith in the word of God dies on the cross on the Friday. Darkness covers the land, but he goes into the tomb. But on the third day, he rises because the word always triumphs, no matter how dark, no matter how bleak, no matter the word got up out of the grave and it is over for Satan. That's why the most powerful thing that you and I can do is speak the word of God, is declare the word of God, is bring the word of God into this life. That's why the number one thing that'll be resisted in nations all around the word is those that preach the word of God, those who speak the word of God. The prophetic, my God, the prophetic has never been so needed and yet so under attack. It is amazing, it is amazing, it is amazing how many prophetic voices Voices have retreated to the back of the cave, allowing Obadiah, servant of Yah, to, to look after them. And they're just subsisting. 50 in this cave, 50 in this cave on bread and water. They, they, they put self-preservation above the persecution that would come if they would speak. But here at Awakened Church, we don't give a rats about self-preservation. We know that our assignment is to bring forth the Word of God, to bring life and light into this city. We ain't backing up to no cave. Leanne and I are not looking for bread and water and self-preservation. Oh, let somebody else fight this battle. Uh-uh, this battle is our battle. But I'm telling you, in God, we are more than capable because our God always leads us to triumph. Come on, if you believe that, give God a praise. 
Number three, number three to finish. Number three is you are called to dominate in the unseen realm. To dominate in the unseen realm. A great hero went to be with the Lord in just over a week ago, Dr. Cho. Dr. Cho had the largest church the planet has ever seen, almost a million members in Seoul, Korea. Yoida Full Gospel Church. They have, for their men's connect group, they have to hire a stadium because they have over 40,000 men's connect groups. And then that same stadium with overflow, 60,000 women's connect groups. And you can only get in if you're a connect group leader because space is limited. Wouldn't you like to be in that place where, hey, we've hired a stadium, but space is limited. We can't just let anybody in. You've got to be a connect group leader. And he wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. The world tells us that, that height, depth, breadth, three dimensional, that, that everything that is material is what is real. But the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 11 that, that everything exists, Hebrews 11.3, if we can throw that one up, everything that exists, exists from the Word of God. And that everything that is seen was created by that which is unseen. By faith, we understand that the, the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things that, which are visible. So people say, well, I think that God is a figment of your imagination. Actually, it's the other way around. You and I exist because of the imagination of God, because of the creation of God. The spirit realm comes first. Have a look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. Paul says, I want you to set your, your eyes on not the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For that which is seen is temporal, but that which is unseen is eternal. The Bible teaches us that everything moves from the invisible to the visible. Everything moves from the invisible to the visible. I have an iPhone in my hand because it existed in the invisible imagination of a man by the name of Steve Jobs, that you could have a device in, that would fit in the palm of your hand that can process your emails, that can communicate all over the world, that can store photos and video, that you could just with a touch would open up apps to games and all kinds of... Before it existed in the physical, it existed in the invisible. Before you became a visible, you existed in the invisible. In fact, it's only through science, through a telescope that we can, a microscope, excuse me, that we can look down and we can see the sperm fertilize the egg, but it's so small that the human eye can't see it. And you grow, the Bible says that you were knit together in the, in the invisible, in the dark of your mother's womb that everything moves from the invisible to the visible. Every idea begins in the invisible. This, this, before this was a church, it was just a 24-hour fitness. But as we walk through, the Holy Spirit puts a picture in our head of stadium seating. San Marcos, when it was just a, just a furniture, Ashley furniture, and we, and we walk in and we begin to see stage, 1,200 seats, and, when we came to San Diego, before there was one awakened campus, we began to see, because everything moves from the invisible yeah. to the visible. You were, you were created by God to dominate in the invisible. It's so interesting because God creates the heavens and the earth, formless void, and then in verse three, He turns the light on. 
The human eye requires light to see. So God creates the heavens and the earth in the dark. He creates the heavens and the earth in the invisible. And then form and function comes in the visible. So you're meant to catch things in the invisible. Your future is determined by what you see in the invisible. They say those who see the invisible achieve the impossible. Let me just tell you the, the anointing, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. One thing that is guaranteed that He will do is He will awaken the invisible. He'll awaken the imagination. He'll awaken dreams. He'll put dreams. He'll put pictures. He'll put things in the invisible realm that He wants to bring forth into the visible realm. Uh, there was a, a psychotherapist called Dr. Sigmund Freud. I, I actually don't agree with Dr. Sigmund Freud, but he built his entire philosophy around the reality that most of our choices and most of our responses in life come from a subconscious bias, subconscious bias. He, he discovered, and because he was German, he, he discovered that, that, that you and I are greatly affected when we experience trauma, trauma. If you speak German, you'll understand that the word trauma comes from the word Traum. Traum in German means dream. And what a lot of us don't realize is, hey, I got saved January 1986. But when I got saved, my spirit was born again and I was going to heaven. But I had such trauma when my father would come home drunk and would, would beat my mother. And one time when I tried to intervene and I had this trauma and fear. And I remember crying in my bedroom, feeling like I was a failure. And, and I confess that I'm, 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 because I failed in protecting my mother from my drunken father, That I, that I didn't have what it takes. I was too skinny. I was too physically weak. I was, and so my whole life I would struggle with. I would walk into a room around other men, but I would feel like a failure. I would just feel like I didn't measure up. I feel like I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't bright enough. I didn't have enough muscle. I didn't have enough strength. I didn't have enough courage. I didn't have enough. And I didn't realize it all went back to the trauma. It went back to the trauma. Whether you realize or not, there are people, God will bring your helpmate. God will bring your eat. God will bring the perfect and you will ruin it. You will ruin the relationship because you've never dealt with the trauma. Probably 95% or more of your decisions come from subconscious biases. That's why I thank God for this church. When, when we were starting the church, You know, they said, oh, what kind of church is it? And, I, and in Australia, this kind of church is what we call a Pentecostal church because, you know, we believe Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, power, shabrata, riga. So we would say, we're a Pentecostal. And then people are like, oh, don't, don't, don't say that. I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, over here, Pentecostals, you're snake handlers. What? <laughs> so I said, well, then we're charismatic. And they're like, oh, man, the, the tele, a lot of the televangelists, they've ruined the cat. Just. So I'm like, well, what kind of church are we? And I felt the Holy Spirit one day say, you're a life-giving church. Just tell people, what kind of church is it? It's a life-giving church. God created Adam from the dust of the earth. Adam had form and function. He had form, God formed him. He had respiratory system, digestive system, cardiopulmonary system, central nerve, he had all the systems in him. 
He had form, he had function. The two objectives of any great architect is form and function. But you can have form and function and not life. You can have form, I've got a great job. I have function, my role is I'm the CFO. I work 60 hours a week and these are the, my portfolio and these are the, you can have form and function, but not life. Life comes when, when the Spirit of God breathes into you. In this house, we want you to learn to dominate in the unseen realm because the devil was a spirit that was kicked out of heaven and he operates in the stealth. He operates in the unseen. He operates behind the scenes. Your job and my job is to recognize him. Now, how many people know that the Allied forces in 1945 defeated Nazi Germany? Come on, how many people know that Hitler, Himmler, Mengel, Goebbels, they were all defeated. They were all defeated. Evil was defeated, but it wasn't eradicated because it's a spirit. It's a spirit that every generation has to deal with. I don't, the only problem I have with Awakened Church is I think you guys are just way too political. Because evil always seeks authority to create its greatest amount of casualties. Suicide bombers in the Middle East, they don't blow themselves up in their basement. They, they, they look for the most crowded streets, shopping malls, airport, where the most amount of people are gathered because to them it's, it's about maximum damage. Your Bible says, and Omri became king and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he turned Israel away from Yudhei from God. And they began to worship Baal. They began to worship idols and wickedness. And the land was polluted and defiled. Ahab becomes king of Israel. And he did more evil than any of the kings before him because Jezebel, his wife, incensed him on. Evil always looks for authority. So my job, my job, my assignment is to recognize hmm, the evil that rest, rested on Adolf Hitler that formulated a thing called the final solution, the eradication, the genocide of the Jewish people on the planet, they were defeated. That evil operates in the unseen realm, in the invisible realm. Where is it now? I wonder if I can see it, is it resting somewhere? And then to teach you to discern it, but to also teach you to resist it and to drive it out. You are meant to have authority over it. This Tuesday on the, on the 28th, is that Tuesday? Is that right? Tuesday, Tuesday the 28th at 3 p.m. There is a school board meeting because they're wanting to bring in uh, vaccination for our children. Now, I've watched a lot of pastors say, hey, we're just going to, we're going to be neutral. You know, if you want to take the vax, absolutely. If you don't, hey, that's your choice. It's your free will. I'm not that pastor. I would say to you, don't take the vax. Now, if you want to, you have free will. The first thing you were given autonomy over is you. Before God trusts you with anything else, He's watching, can you look after you? 
The Bible says in Romans 12, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. If you are coerced, if you are forced to inject something into your body, you need to understand if the Bible says that offering your body holy and pleasing to God is a spiritual act of worship, the devil knows the Scripture better than most Christians. He knows if he can get you to inject a poison into your body, he's already got you. Do you know in Australia, I just posted on my Instagram, 143 new cases of COVID. There are teenagers and they're on, you know, they've got ventilators and they're in ICU. And Did you know that 142 of the 143 are fully vaxxed? One of them has only had one shot. And I'm like, wow, you guys have had the lowest, almost non-existent. And since the vaccinations have come in, your hospitals are getting... I'm just putting out there, do your research. Do your, do your research. And listen, I, I'd be all for it. Like, you know, my kids, we, you know, I, went, I remember going to Bali and I got the cholera typhoid vaccination because I just wanted to serve. The dumbest thing you can ever do is when you get two shots in one arm, paddle out into a big surf that afternoon. <laughs> Seriously, I almost drowned. I'm like, yeah, it's not too, it's a little sore. And then, and then the whole arm just goes. And these big sets are just feathering and I'm like with one arm. And the wave just, and I'm under the water. Do you know how hard it is to swim to the surface? And I'm like, come on, you gangly, useless piece of freaking swim! I'm gonna drown you! And almost, anyway, so I'm like, I'm not. But if there weren't videos, if there, if there wasn't recorded testimony of Bill Gates, who's not a doctor, just in case you realise that. He's not a medical, he's got no medical qualifications whatsoever. If there weren't videos of him saying, we need to lower the world's population, and we can do that, we can achieve that through vaccinations. And, and the reason the reason is because they're the self-appointed. Now listen, if he was the first one, hey, we need to lower the world's population, and because I still believe in this, I'm gonna go first. Goodbye, everybody. But it's not, it's like, whoa. So you believe we're gonna, yes, we're gonna lower the world's population. <laughs> Obviously, I can't die, I'm one of the elites. I'm one of the saviors of mankind. Climate change. You know, the Germans just came back from Antarctica. And the German report, this is the latest report, so ice levels in Antarctica are the same as what they were 40 years ago. Same as what they were 40 years ago. So, so, so gentlemen, so wrote the book, so published the movie, An Inconvenient Truth, who flies around in his private jet with his large mansion and large carbon footprint, says that the polar ice caps are melting, the polar bears are doomed, this man and all of his colleagues they all buy beachfront properties. Why would they buy beachfront properties if the oceans are rising and all the beachfronts are going to be? But these people, they don't mind taking you out just so that there's more for them. It's a greedy, evil spirit. So if we don't stand up, if we don't stand up, like 
we were hoping that this person and that, but I found, no, no, no. America was we the people. It's always been we the people. And God is bringing us back to, they, the devil wants a global reset where he resets things where you're a slave. But I'm telling you, whatever the devil means for evil, God is going to turn around for good because there is going to be a reset. But the reset is we the people, we the people in order to establish a more perfect union. We the people. We need to fight for our cafes. We need to fight for our small businesses. We need to fight for our restaurants. We need to fight for our children. We need to fight for our schools. We need to fight for holiness and righteousness to once again be in our governments, be in our legislation, be in our leadership over our city. We declare San Diego a city for Christ. We declare that our children are free. Our children are blessed. We declare we drive out the devil in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet. I've got to close. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I declare right now over every family, over every family, devil, we declare that you are defeated. Get off children. I declare children that are addicted to drugs, children that are addicted to alcohol and sun, caught up prodigals, devil, you let them go in the name of Jesus Christ. I break the power of every addiction, every lie, every deception. We call the prodigals home. Father, we pray for brothers and sisters who are away from Christ, mums and dads who are away from Christ. Lord, you bring them back. I come against sickness. I come against disease. I come against every work of evil. I come against anxiety, depression. Somebody here continually overwhelmed. And it, and it causes your, your heart to have uh, irregular heartbeat, palpitations. I just see and the Holy Spirit is just healing you. It's, it's a spirit of anxiety and it's a generational thing. God is delivering you right now from that thing. You're being delivered right now. You just exhale and let it out. Just let it out. That's all you got to do. Thank you. Oh, I feel better already. Just let that thing out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak peace over minds, peace over minds. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given San Diego, Salt Lake City, you have given these cities to us to awaken church. And if those governments driven by demonic spirits think, oh, it's going to be like taking candy from a baby, they've got another thing coming because we have sons and daughters in this house that recognize that Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the dragon fought back, but he did not prevail because through our God we shall do valley. They ain't seen nothing yet. We are coming and heaven is coming with us. We are coming and we're coming to come in warfare. We're going to come in power. We're going to come in authority. Father, I thank you for marriages, breakthrough, finances, breakthrough, through family breakthrough in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I'm going to hand back in just a moment. But listen, if you're here today and you're not right with Jesus, get your life right. If you've never surrendered to Christ, surrender to Christ. If you're away from God, come back to God. Everything shifts when Christ comes into your heart. Not when you join a church, not when you join a religion, but when Christ comes into your heart. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you. So would you just close your eyes just in the last 30 seconds of this service. If you're away from God, far from God, disconnected from God, and you know you need to get your life right, I want to say a prayer for you. If that's you, quickly raise your hand so I know who I'm saying the prayer for, and I'll pray for you. Thank you, 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 thank you through there, darling. Thank you, thank you up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else is there? Thank you, thank you over there. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, let's all say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today 
you so love me, you sent Jesus on a rescue mission to save my life. Jesus, thank you. When you carried that cross and were crucified, you died in my place so that all my sin could be washed away. I am forgiven. I am clean. I am a child of God because of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.